This week, on a very special mini-sode of Body Counts and Beer, we're discussing comic book movie pitches. Hello, and welcome to a very special mini-sode of Body Counts and Beer. I'm Mark Rosendahl. I'm Patrick Bromley. I'm still John Rooney. And this week... We're going to be discussing something very near and dear to our hearts. Uh, because next week we're going to be discussing the cinematic dumpster fire that <laughs> is known as Justice League. This week we're going to be discussing what comic book movies we want to see with our very own comic book movie pitches. You know, pitches. Pitches the- get stitches. Yeah. Do they? I th- oh, I didn't no, know No, no, definitely. They've got two stitches running on either side of the ball, and depending <gasps> on where you put your fingers, you can put English on it. Oh, interesting. I like that, putting English on it. Yeah, yeah, you always want to put a little English on it. Yeah, that's how you throw them sliders and that's shit. That's right you do. <laughs> mm-hmm. Keep them batters guessing. Boy, these these baseballs sound delicious. <laughs> They're great. They're uh, they steamed sound... with some onions. <laughs> They're a little smaller than regular balls. Yeah. But, uh, but then you can make pretend you... like you're a giant. Yep. And you get half a dozen for the same price. That's true. That's true. <laughs> also, uh, just, I know this is the podcast we shouldn't talk about it, but White Castle's selling crab cake sandwiches right now. What? <laughs> Why are we here? White Castle has crab cake sliders with remoulade on it. Uh, guys, uh, podcast over. Let's go to White right. Castle. Podcast <laughs> over. This one not far. Yeah, it's up at uh, Clark and the Peterson area. I used to go there all the time uh, when I worked up there. Also one over on, like I want to say, Addison and Elston. That's too far. The other one's closer. Shut up. <laughs> Peterson? I mean, we are way... Now the listeners can triangulate our approximate location. <laughs> right. Oh, no. Come at me, listeners. Bad news, listeners. We're in North Center. <laughs> <laughs> Noted Chicago neighborhood. Oh, right. So, uh, again, <sighs> comic book movie pitches. What do we want to see? Uh, let's start. go around the horn. John, we'll start with you. What's your comic book movie pitch? So this is never going to happen, and that's for a myriad of reasons, uh, most likely of which is the fact that on the Marvel side, you got the Marvel mega machine churning out some movies. So they are getting to a lot of their more obscure characters, a lot of their like B-tier and then C-tier. So pretty much any Marvel property at this point you can guarantee is going to be at least touched upon in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. We Correct. On the flip side, uh, the DCEU is a perpetual motion machine made out of sadness and disappointment. Correct. <laughs> yeah. uh, they're already talking about doing major reboots to the continuity and just trashing everything that's broken, i.e. everything but Wonder Woman, and keeping everything that works, i.e. Wonder Woman. Right. So they're never going to get into their deep back catalog, which is where my favorite fucking shit is in the world. Like, my favorite comics are the bizarre, weird-ass DC comics. Uh, The one that I would love to see turned into a movie that has so much potential to just be fucking great is uh, the Doom Patrol. Specifically, the Grant Morrison run of the Doom Patrol. Uh, For those of you who don't know, the Doom Patrol are the X-Men. There's uh, basically their leader, who is called The Chief, who's just a dude in a wheelchair who's super fucking smart. You've got Roboman, who was a stock car driver who got into so many accidents and had each piece of him replaced by robot parts until he's just 
a robot. <laughs> nice. Nice. Uh, you've got... As we're going, can you say who their X-Men counterpart is? Sure. So, uh, the chief, Niles Chandler, is basically your Professor Xavier. He's the leader of the team. Uh, you got your Robo-Man, who is kind of like the Wolverine. You know, cool, but rude. Sure. Yeah. Uh, you've got your negative man, who is basically, he was a test pilot for the Air Force who came into contact with a negative being that imbued itself inside of his soul. So he is kind of like two, two, two people in one. And he's covered in bandages and uses, like, weird negative energy as a superpower. So I guess he's fucking, like... Cyclops, but broken. <laughs> right. Uh, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles parallel that I was going for kind of fell apart because I realized I was triangulating personalities. Yeah. <laughs> That's way too complicated for right. the amount of whiskey right. I have in me. Yeah. Yep. Fair. Uh, you've also got, uh, in the Grant Morrison run, you've got uh, Crazy Jane. Uh, maybe not the most politically correct. It's a bit of an ableist name, but she is a character who has split personalities Uh, She has about 76 split personalities, I believe. And each of her personalities has a different set of superpowers. Oh, Oh, okay. Awesome. (laughs) So she's like Mega Man. Yeah, exactly. She's like Legion. Yeah, exactly. Right on. Right on. Uh, And basically they are billed as the world's weirdest superheroes. And especially in the Grant Morrison run, they are fucking weird. Mm -hmm. The first uh, kind of... The, the the movie that I would love to see is kind of the first arc that Grant Morrison did, because I think it's the most self-contained. It is the least referential to kind of the continuity of the Doom Patrol, and I think could work as a great introduction to these characters. Uh, but these all these characters come together to fight uh, the Scissor Men, who are weird masks with like robes attached to them and nothing inside that cut people out of existence with giant scissors and they speak only in dada poetry Ooh, okay i'm fucking sold man. right that sounds like so amazing do you have these because i'd like oh, to I borrow do. them yeah yes uh, i'm gonna get right in line yeah, behind no, patrick yeah, yeah. yeah i'm on this now the people you that, had me at dada poetry the people that oh, i don't they, know uh, he had me at scissor man <laughs> <laughs> yeah you're our favorite mega man boss mm-hmm. right yeah or alternately your favorite uh horror antagonist from clock tower mm-hmm. yes um, but what's fucking even greater about that is it turns out that the Scissor Men are actually a creation of a group of artists and writers who had gotten together to write a forbidden text that could only exist in this folded space. So it is essentially the Scissor Men come from this cathedral of absurdism and dada that exists in a book that you have to travel to. Fuck yeah. It's... It's so good. Oh, I'm my. all about this. It's, it's so make, good. Let's make ten of these movies. And that's yeah. the thing, is Grant Morrison did, uh, I don't know the exact page count for it, or like the, the exact numbers count. There's like four trade paperbacks that kind of cover his entire arc, and eventually you get into my goddamn favorite character in all of DC continuity, which is um, Flex Metallo, Man of Muscle Mystery. <laughs> Fuck yes. He is a giant muscle builder in a, like, leopard print bikini who is, you know the Charles Atlas ads? Yes, from like, yeah, 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 yeah. Where it's like, this guy's kicking sand at me at the beach. I need to pump up so I can show this bully a lesson. And he's that That's guy. who this guy Fuck is. Yeah. So he's basically like He-Man. Except yeah. he flexed so hard that he turned the Pentagon into a circle? <laughs> nice. <laughs> 
Nice. <laughs> Fuck yes. <laughs> and like, it is just goddamn delightful from page one to the end of his run. Nice. It's just amazing. <laughs> and like, that's what I want to see out of my superhero movies. Like, I'm kind of, I'm done with origin stories. I think we all kind of are, which is why I think the best... Marvel movies are the ones that kind of hide their origin stories or aren't really about the hero becoming the hero. The hero just is the hero, and what do they do next? Um, Yeah, and this is just fucking bizarre from start to finish, but in a really interesting, subversive, cool kind of way. Who, uh, Who would you like to see direct your Doom Patrol film? Boy, that's really hard. Because on the one hand, you could kind of swing hard and lean into the kind of the humor of the absurdity and get someone like uh, like a James Gunn who can really like lean into these bizarre, weird, fantastical creatures sure. but also give them a lot of the heart and soul that they need. Um, I would say whoever, like Brian Fuller, if you could make him direct something that he would not get fired from or quit halfway through... <laughs> Would be incredible. Like, if you give this the tone of Pushing Daisies, I think it could knock it right out of the fucking park. (laughs) That's awesome. Uh, And especially seeing the work that he did on uh, American Gods for Showtime. Like, he fucking gets it. Or stars, yeah. Uh, Sorry, stars. Give me some fucking money and I'll say your dumb name right, you idiots. That's a a channel I forgot existed. Right? It... It to be honest, it only exists to have Ash versus Evil Dead, which is so good. Yeah. Season three coming soon. American Gods, and it had some weird pirate show for a while called Black Sails. I think oh, oh, nice. yeah. that was basically just like, yeah, we're gonna have pirates fighting people, like all your favorite parts of Assassin's Creed Black Flag. But is it also John Malkovich in that. No, he was on Blackbeard, the right. NBC show. Okay. Yeah. Black Sails exists to show like pirates fighting every now and then, but mostly it exists for them sweet, sweet titties. Nice. <laughs> That's really why it's uh, there. Pirate titties. Yeah. Uh, it's like the same reason why they did like Spartacus. Like Spartacus was a show that existed, like just oh, tell God. the story of like the slave that rises up yeah. against it like things. But really it's there. Yeah, about them titties. For them sweet, sweet titties. Yeah. I mean, uh, I will watch Rome as well. Oh yeah. Well, Rome, Rome is there because John Milius needed a paycheck. Sure. And also because guns. <laughs> but I can't show guns anymore because of Red Dawn. So swords. <laughs> <laughs> I can't remember which one of those had uh, Lucy Liu or not Lucy. Lucy Liu, Lawless, uh, Lucy Lawless was on uh, Spartacus. Yeah, yeah, not she was not in Rome. Yeah. God, Lucy. You know what? Cast Lucy Lawless in everything. Right? She oh, is. She is delightful. Fantastic. How much did she miss her moment? As far as like now, we have this Wonder Woman film that's like the pinnacle of the DC universe. Sure. And yeah. Lucy yeah. Lawless is like ten years too late, twenty yeah. years too late. She would have been a great Wonder Woman. Oh, She's fucking Zena. She was Wonder yeah. Woman. Yeah. Essentially. But like, but like, and what's really crazy is like, you know, her whole career early on was Zena, yeah. which was you know. Syndicated show. You know, yeah, it was a Sam Raimi schlockfest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a spinoff of Hercules. Yes. But she was, and then eventually eclipsed but, Hercules. And yeah. yeah, it was arguably better than Hercules. And then, but then, like, she did some really great work on Battlestar Galactica. She's been fantastic on Ash vs. Evil Dead. She's um, amazing, and uh, her comedy chops are like, she did a couple episodes of Flight of the Concord. Yes, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. incredible. She yeah. is a she has very strong, like, just chops in general. Yeah. She's fantastic. Good stuff. 
Uh, all right, fantastic. Well, now yeah, Doom Patrol, make Doom it happen. Patrol. There's even uh, there's a current arc right now, or there's a current series right now uh, being written by Gerard Way, the lead singer of uh, My Chemical Romance. But <laughs> don't hold don't well, hold become, that against him. He's become quite the comic. Book he actually guy. he started out at, in the comics industry. Like he started out at, in graphics design, working for DC. He wanted to do comic books, and then kind of got sidetracked when his band got right. successful. But like he's Go, go read Umbrella Academy. I was about to it say, is and he, fucking great. He has his own imprint now. Yeah, he's got an imprint in DC called Young Animals, which is where uh, the current Doom Patrol is being published under, and it is so goddamn good. Oh God, my favorite character I forgot to mention. Uh, Grant Morrison wrote Danny the Sentient Street, who is a street that can appear anywhere and has like cognizance of <laughs> awareness of its existence. What the fuck? Uh, and then also, I can't remember who took over for Grant Morrison. I think it was Rebecca something or other. She was like a big tarot advocate. But she actually did some really cool stuff with the Doom Patrol 2 where Danny the Sentient Street also became like a pansexual, transsexual street as well. <laughs> with like identity crisis that it was struggling with. But like in a really fucking cool way. Okay. It's a it was street. Awesome. Yeah, yeah, uh, and in the new Doom Patrol, in the first arc, uh, like these intergalactic fast food moguls capture Danny the Sentient Street <laughs> and force him to produce people that they can slaughter to turn into burgers for their fast food chains. Fuck yeah. Like fucking read Doom Patrol. <laughs> it is so good. This sounds like my ideal prequel to Demolition Man. Right, <laughs> right. The sets of the fast yeah. food wars. Yeah. You know what? I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, Warren Ellis, but Gerard. Our Wade just took the mantle of guy who should write the franchise. <laughs> <laughs> All right, fine. Let's move on. Patrick, comic book movie pitch. I'm always going to go for my favorite comic book growing up, which was Excalibur. Yes. I don't know why this was my favorite comic book. Other than the it fact was rad as fuck. Fucking Nightcrawler is the man. But Excalibur, Captain Britain, gigantic fucking asshole and British. Megan the Shapeshifter, Nightcrawler, Dark Phoenix, and Shadowcat with occasional cameos from Banshee and Maura McTurney. So yeah, this was essentially uh, for uh, people who Ma- don't... Maura McTaggart. McTaggart. Not Maura... Not, you're, I think you're thinking of Maura Maura McTierney. T- no, no, you're thinking of Maura, Maura Tierney. Noted news radio actress. <laughs> Thank you, yes. yes absolutely. <laughs> And what a treasure Maura Tierney is. She absolutely yeah. is. Fuck yes. Uh, now, real quick, just explain what Excalibur is. Yeah. Excalibur is the British offshoot of the X-Men. They're just the local, like, the local X-Men to Britain yeah. under Captain America. Because they under still... Captain Britain. Captain Britain. And they're still, like, in touch with Xavier, and they collaborate occasionally, but their shit all just happens in Britain and Europe. Right. And uh, I'm going to agree with John mentioning outside Captain Britain should be played by Ricky Gervais. (laughs) (laughs) And the Excalibur universe should be cinematically portrayed in like the old BBC way. Like, are you being served? Keeping up up with appearances. Like late 80s, early 90s, BBC. Basically, all of the BBC content that PBS got the rights to right. in the 90s. Right, yeah. and, and in the 90s, before it got slick with Sherlock and Downton Abbey later. Yeah. No, 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 none of that madness. <laughs> I want the muted, weird, idiosyncratic <laughs> British crap. Because that's what made Excalibur great, is it was just like this weird European version of the things that happened. Who would you have direct 
your Excalibur film? I don't know the answer to that to get the sort of like 80s style that I would want. I mean, Taika Waititi is right there. Yeah, yeah that's right? true. Yeah. Uh, or maybe even someone like Terry Gilliam, who came from like the Pythons Gilliam. and kind of like yeah. in that area. Yeah. Though his movies are really fucking weird. I don't know, man. Fisher King is great. Yeah, yeah. Though there's a part of me that wants to put Guy Ritchie in that box. Like, <laughs> you have to follow these rules. If you can you remo- can't be you, you have to do this. Sure. If Here's you can the- remove him from the Kabbalah, I think <laughs> yeah, you can do it. Yeah. Here's the thing. Like, Guy Ritchie, if you... Like, look, that King Arthur movie is ungodly, unwatchable. I'm sure. It's it looks so it looked that way from the preview. It's awful. Yeah. And, like, his two Sherlock Holmes movies are thin yeah, at best. Bleh. At best. Bleh. But his early, like, crime stuff. Oh, like God. Snatch, Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels is one of the best movies. Right. And you know what? I'll, it's even, ever been. I'll even go to bat for, like, par- like, like parts of Revolver are really good. Oh, and, yeah. And Rock and Roller. Like, there's some, like, when he's doing, like, that crime shit, like, he's on board. And I feel like it, Guy Ritchie is enough of a stylist uh, at this point and enough of, like, uh, a, a decent enough director that if you gave him parameters... I think he can pull off a pretty sweet Excalibur. Also, we get a real good shot at like a Jason Statham banshee. Oh, shit. I think what you guys are looking for is if you want Guy Ritchie with parameters and good taste, you want Matthew Vaughn. Oh, yeah, that's true. That's true. That's what he does. Yes. And like Matthew Vaughn has taken on the Herculean tax of taking Mark Millar's work <laughs> and removing all of the hateful misogyny from it. Well, as much as he can. As much as he can. Yeah, no. yeah. You can't get it all out. Right. Right. That's why that's why the first Kingsman still ends with a fucking gross yeah, butt right. fuck joke. But up until like wine then. on a carpet, man. You can only yeah. get so much up. But like I will say, up until that weird gross, like butt fuck joke, it's, we were having a great time. We're having an amazing time. You know well, what? I mean, Even Golden Circle, the sequel that should not work at all, is really fun. <laughs> There's not, got cowboys in it, I dude. have not seen it yet. I do know that Sir Elton John yeah. plays himself <laughs> yes. and has a crazy like kung fu fight in it. Yeah. That's set to an Elton John song. Uh-huh, I'm, I'm need... pretty sure it's Saturday Night's Alright for Fighting, which is fantastic. <laughs> I need that in my life. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, God. And, like, just... The world at large. Check out the oeuvre of Matthew Vaughn because yeah. I think he's criminally underappreciated. Like, get right out of the gate, Layer Cake. Layer Cake is, is a so good. Movie. Like, that's the movie that got Daniel Craig the Bond role. Yes, absolutely. Sure. Uh, you know, he made uh, X Men First Class, which uh-huh. was like the first reboot of the X Men movies. He did and Kick did Ass the first one. Job. Kick he ass did the first, first Kick Ass movie, which is a good film. Oh, Unlike yeah. Kick Ass Two, which is. Yep. Uh, he also made uh, yeah the. Kingsman movies. Uh, yeah, Matthew Vaughn is a solid choice. That'd be a great choice. Well yeah. done, John. Yeah, Good call, right? John. John knows how to do with mm. his Excalibur movie like that it. I want to see. Yeah, comics put me in charge of your movies, you dumb idiots. Yeah, jerks. <laughs> yeah, but no, I, I want that and I want it to be cheeky and British. In a huge way. Because, like, to just do it like the other movies would be upsetting. Yeah, but not like the really terrible uh, Ray Fiennes, Uma Thurman, Avengers movie. Oh, God, no. Let's not even, <laughs> let's not even talk about that. Well, like, Sean Connery builds a weather machine and then 
Right. His plan is to sell weather to people? Right. <laughs> I will tell you that, like, 14-year-old me, and I know you're questionably appropriate, but 14-year-old me and Uma Thurman in the thigh-high boots, that was the big selling point of that movie for me. <laughs> sure. Thigh-high yeah. boots, no, Uma I Thurman. I All fucking right. I think that I felt the same. Like, I think... I think 15-year-old me felt the same way about Jennifer Love Hewitt in uh, Can't Hardly Wait. Sure. sure. You know sure. what I mean? Sure. Like, that was my, like, that's why I went to see the movie. Yeah. And then when I went and saw the movie, I was like, oh, this is actually just a really good comedy. Yeah. Like, it's actually a solid flick. Um, doesn't quite hold up like most movies of the 90s do. But it's yeah, no. better but it's better than like American Pie and like the fucking other like sex comedies that came around yeah. around the same it's time. It's remarkable how fast our morals change. Weirdly enough, yeah. from when like, I was a child. Yeah. Clueless has only gotten better with age. Yeah. Bizarre. Like it's right? so Clueless weird. Bizarre. is such a great movie. <laughs> For a movie that began its life as just like Hey, what if we just uh, we made Emma, but with in the valley? Yeah, <laughs> I mean it's definitely a movie that trades entirely on mocking Californians too. Yeah, right. Materialistic Californians, yeah. which we all have become and are owned by. Right. Yeah, <laughs> it's a fantastic flick. Yeah, I love Clueless, mm. uh, except fuck Stacy Dash because uh, right. of her. Stacy Dash Patrick has become a. Uh, sort of like MAGA Republican mouthpiece person. Oh, did she take the, uh, what's her name? The, the blonde, red pill? The blonde lady from SNL from like the 70s. Victoria, Victoria Jackson. Yeah, Victoria yeah. Jackson. Yeah. Did she take the Victoria Jackson Yeah, route? she, yeah. Fair Unfortunately, enough. that's the case. Fair yeah. enough. Uh, all right, well, let's move on. Let's get to something fun. Uh, <laughs> Mark, comic book movie pitches. Guys, I'm going to go with something... Uh, a little less esoteric than Doom Patrol. He loves the Navy comics. <laughs> and a little less, a little uh, more well-known than Excalibur. He loves the Navy comics. <laughs> and I'm going to go with uh, the seminal uh, Jeff Loeb, uh, Tim Sale? Tim Sale. Uh, Batman comic, The Long Halloween. Uh, the Long Halloween is, hands down as far as I'm concerned... One of, if not the best Batman series that's ever existed. Okay, the pairing of Jeff Loeb and Tim Sale in general, because they also did uh, Spider-Man Blue, they did Daredevil right. Yellow. Like the two of them together are such a dynamic right. writing and artist force. Uh, Batman Long Halloween, if you have not read it, is a uh, takes place early in the years of Batman. Canonically, and, it takes place after Batman Year One, the right. Frank Miller work, but like before any of the it's it's kind of the final nail in the coffin of Batman fighting the mafia and starting to fight the supervillains. Correct. Uh, and so what's happening is there is a serial killer that's murdering people on holidays. And it's a very detective-oriented Batman book. Oh, it's a real genuine mystery. Right, like, whereas a lot of Batman stories are just like, Batman's gonna punch people. Uh, This is a Batman's gonna solve crimes. And, like, you, the reader, can figure out the mystery. Like, the clues. We gave you all the clues, Mr. Policeman. (laughs) (laughs) When Batman's at its best, it's a detective situation. Right. Like, Batman as an action hero is not the same as Batman as a detective. Yes. And uh, it also deals with the origin of Two-Face. Yeah. Uh, uh, Some of the stuff that's in The Long Halloween would end up getting used in uh, The Dark Knight. Specifically, the idea of the the triumvirate of Batman, Harvey Dent, and Commissioner Gordon. Correct. 
and, like that and, relationship is basically verbatim yes, taken for Dark. And Day. also the way that Harvey Dent becomes Two Face and like the fight against the mob. Yeah, uh, it's a fantastic book. Jesus, just Harvey Two Face like after getting scarred by acid in the sewers, trying to have a conversation with Solomon, Solomon Grundy, Grundy. <laughs> is so good. Um, yeah, I, I, I Long Halloween would be the ideal Batman film. Um, and it's got a built-in sequel in Dark Victory. Exactly, which is also really great. Yeah, which like, is kind of like a retelling of the origin of Robin. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's weird that like a good Batman movie would have the pacing and structure of Unbreakable. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah like It no. really would if Batman was brooding as shit. <laughs> yeah. Well, and that's the thing is like... But like what's cool about Long Halloween is like it takes characters that were jokes before... Uh, and turns them into credible threats. Yeah. Like, so, like uh, Cal- Clayface? <laughs> well, no, Calendar Man specifically. Calendar yeah. So Man. up until that point, Calendar Man was like a goofy, dumb, like villain. I'm gonna rob a bank on April 1st and leave a foolish note. Whoa! That was his thing. He committed crimes on like holidays. He was the Calendar Man. But this movie like posits him as almost a like Hannibal Lecter style criminal genius yeah um and like i don't want to give away like the big twist yeah of 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 long halloween and like what's going on during the course of the film of the of the book um but it hands down like for me i think that would just be an amazing i i, I still haven't gotten my batman as detective movie yet. no it's, it's never happened and like another fun like wrinkle in the story as well as it's 12 issues that take place across 12 actual months because comic right. books Calendar are published man, yeah. monthly uh so each one centers around the holiday of that month right nice. yeah, uh, you know so you've got like your new year's issue that centers around new year's you've got your Christmas issue, which is fantastic because it's the Joker celebrating Christmas. Oh, right. fucking awesome. That's, that's so, so good. good. Uh, yeah, it's... It, what would make it a great film, too, is how contained it is. Yeah. and It's contained and yet sprawling because it does... Like, I want a superhero movie that feels like it takes more than a day for the action right. to happen. Yeah. But, like, this... The way the book is structured, like... I can see a two-and-a-half-hour... Like, a two-hour, two-and-a-half-hour movie made out of long Halloween... Cutting out, like, stuff you don't necessarily need. Like, you cut out the part where Catwoman goes to Rome to, like, razzle the Riddler for a while. (laughs) Well, she goes to razz the Mafia because it's a very good chance that, like, fucking Sal Maroney's her dad or something like that. (laughs) Uh, But, like, it is, yeah, it's a fantastic book. I I, I would love to see it. Uh, If I could pick a director for this book, I would want to pick somebody who had... Uh, chops in the sort of like more dramatic territory as opposed to like action territory. Uh, if I could pick anybody, uh, I would actually probably pick uh, Martin Scorsese. Yeah, yeah. I think okay. Martin but like a mob movie. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Like Martin Scorsese has plenty of experience in the mafia genre uh, and like still making movies, still making high quality sure. films. Uh, he is right now attached to do a Joker. Film that is divorced from the DCE continuity, right? He's attached to direct it. It's to be, but it's also going to be written by Todd Phillips, the guy who did the Hangover trilogy. So, like, and apparently Joaquin Phoenix is in talks to play the Joker. What? Yeah, and it's It's weird. And it's not going to be part of the main DCEU continuity, which means it won't have 
won't be in like the Batman v Superman Justice League Man of Steel. All that stuff. Yeah. yeah, it'll be it'll be an Elseworlds movie, like a separate Joker standalone movie, which is just like a DC story. Just it's like just <laughs> make the Killing Joke and do it right. Right. Yeah. Don't add or, the weird. Don't add the weird section where Batman fucks Batgirl. I don't right. like it. Yeah. <laughs> and that's the thing. It's like there's so much in the Killing Joke that you can very like. The, there are deep flaws with the Killing Joke. Basically, Correct. Alan Moore's like, and then the cartoons fuck. Yeah. And like you could easily take that out and yeah. replace it with literally anything other than Batman having sex with it. Fucking Batgirl. Well, yeah. that, that's not Alan Moore. No, that, that was, was added the, for. Correct. That was uh, Brian Azzarello. Yeah, yeah, added yeah, yeah. That for the, for like, the uh, DC yeah. comic book cartoon movie yeah. they made. Yeah, weird yeah. and gross. It is super weird. I don't know. I think people really overthink the origins of the Joker because for me, I think the Joker always works best, A, with a very vague origin, and B, right. like, the reason he's the Joker is he's just a parody of Batman. Right. And he's just like, oh, you're going to dress up like a bat and fight crime? Well, I'm going to dress up like a fucking clown and commit crime. And isn't that goddamn hilarious? Yeah. And he escalates because he just can't fucking believe that he's doing it. Yes. <laughs> and, and here's the thing. Like, the killing joke, that's what makes the book better than the dumb animated movie. Is like, even when it's done, it's just like, yeah, maybe this is how I became the Joker. But like, meh, who knows? Yeah. Uh, yeah, there's a great line where is, if I'm going to have a past, I prefer it to be multiple children. Yes, yeah. Uh, also, the- if you haven't gone to YouTube and looked up Grant Morrison's theory about the killing joke, it is incredible. Check it out. Oh, it's okay, so really? good. Uh, awesome. Well, you heard it yeah. there first. Uh, so real quick, let's just go around the horn. Any honorable mention comic book movies you'd like to see? Real quick, John. Uh, I mean, I'm on a real big Grant Morrison kick right now, so obviously his run on Animal Man is incredible, where Animal Man starts to... Animal Man's a dumb character who can just take the powers of any animal around him, but Grant Morrison finds cool stuff to do, like he takes the power of the germs on his body to multiply himself ad infinitum to fight a crime. But the cool thing about it, and I would love to see this done in a movie because there's a lot of great potential for it, is he starts to realize that he's a comic book character. Oh, And starts right. to try to rebel against his own continuity. And it all... Like pulls a Deadpool. Less, like, jokey. Less, sure. like, winky at the camera. It culminates in the uh, last issue that Morrison did on his run. Morrison writes himself into the comic as Grant Morrison, the writer of Animal Man. And Animal Man confronts him about, like, why did you make my life so awful? (laughs) (laughs) And, like, it's great. And I would love to see that where basically, like, the last scene of a superhero movie basically being the superhero grabbing the director by the lapels and, like, why did you kill my family? like Bugs Bunny on the white screen. Exactly. Yeah, like like, oh my god, like get Robert Zemeckis to do like a Who Framed Roger Rabbit of <laughs> Animal Man. I'm fucking there for it, dude. P.S. I just rewatched Roger Rabbit recently. It's that movie so good. holds the fuck, fuck yes, up. Yes, it does. It's Chinatown with Looney Tunes. still good. Yeah. And I love that the main crux of the movie is... It's a real estate gig. Yeah, it's yeah. some asshole bought the fucking trolleys <laughs> and yeah. he's built the highway. And he's building the That's highway. That's it. Yeah. Which is true. That happened. All real companies bought up 
the fucking trolleys and shit and the streetcars and stuff so they could build more streets so they could sell more cars. It was a whole big thing. Yeah. It's nuts. That's crazy that they made a fucking kids movie out of that. And, and also it's crazy they made a kids movie with Jessica Rabbit. It's, and it's double that, insane that, that movie rides the line on whether or not it's a kids movie. Sure. True. Like, it rides the line. True. But, like, what blows my mind today in an era of such strict, like, IP control is the fact that that movie has Mickey Mouse and Bugs Bunny doing gags with each other. Yeah. And Donald Duck and Daffy Duck doing gags, gags together, together too. Other. Like, that's insane. Like, the amount of legal paperwork and that money. Disney and Warner Brothers yeah. were, were like, you know what? Yes, let's do it. Let's this. put it all together. Because it's a Disney, it's a Disney movie. No, no, it's a Warner Brothers movie. It's a Warner Brothers movie. Right? Brothers movie yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Because I don't think Disney was doing no, stuff like that. Actually, I think, I think it might be a DreamWorks. Because it's... It's, uh, it's pre-DreamWorks. Oh, it DreamWorks is. Didn't yeah, exist. DreamWorks is. It I know that a, it's, it's Spielberg and Zemeckis. Yes. Yeah, yeah, Steven yeah. Spielberg was a, a, producer. a producer and yeah. Zemeckis is the director. You know, now that I think about it, I'm pretty sure it's a Disney movie. Because yeah. a vast majority of the characters in it are... Like, Dumbo's in it. Sure. Mickey Mouse. Like, yeah. and stuff like that. Donald Duck. Uh, I'm pretty sure it's a Disney movie, actually. Yeah. Anyways, moving on. Uh, Patrick, any honorable mention comic book movie pitches? You know, uh, this is actually hard for me because as like a 12 or 13 year old me, I went to a comic book store and I bought an Excalibur comic and I was mocked for it. And so I was like, fuck this. I'm going to watch baseball and read the news for the rest Nerd. of my life. <laughs> right? I mean, I'm all right, I'm all right with baseball. But <laughs> <laughs> fuck the news. Yeah, no. Honestly, as a 30 year old man. Fuck the news. <laughs> 33. Fuck the news. That has not boded well. Yeah. Uh, so uh, I, I'm, I'm hard-pressed to think of a comic that I would like to see uh, gone. But I will say, as far as like animated, let's give a real live-action uh, performance to this or iteration of this. Can we get some Freakazoid? Yes. Wow. Super teen extraordinaire Freakazoid. 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 I mean, I know we got the live action tick, and there's never going to be a better tick than Patrick Warburton, so I'm going to let that ride despite all of its flaws. Uh, Peter's. Despite all of its flaws. The Amazon series, check it out. Peter Serafinowitz is. God damn incredible. Oh, really? The, the new tick, tick is actually yeah. pretty good? It's I've good. It's very, it's very different. So, like, oh, yeah. whereas the live-action tick with Patrick Warburton is very much in the tone of the cartoon. Right, very goofy. Very, it's very goofy. It's very arch. It's very meta. Yeah. The Peter Serfinowitz tick is a little dark. It's a little weird. It is much like, closer to the, like, tone of the comics as, like, a satire. Yeah. Oh, the yeah. first The first three episodes, you're not sure if the tick is real or if he's just in Arthur's head. Oh, fate. Like, Interesting. Like, yeah. the idea is, like, that Arthur is, like, a guy who has, like serious mental health issues mm-hmm. right who on. has been medicated for a while but is also like seriously focused on this super villain who murdered his father this whole big thing right. and like is having like kind of a break not like a full psychotic break but just kind of like a break uh, and then when he meets the tick he's not sure if the tick is real oh interesting it's amazing it's yeah. really really good it's out. not uh, it's not Super action packed. It's not anything else. It's very and perhaps not super funny either. You know what? It's, it's still pretty, pretty funny. funny. It's nice. still pretty funny. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. I will say I miss the more absurd ideas like Chairface Chippendale. Right, right. right. And like the mole bomber. The yeah. fucking mad bomber that bombs at midnight. So good. Yes. My favorite. Or even like the live action Patrick Warburton take like 
missing out on like characters like you know Batman well and yeah, stuff like yeah. that where they're kind of making fun of the goofy characters like the only real superheroes you meet are the tick and Arthur yeah and oh, then there's like, like deflator mouse and, no 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 no, no. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. Liberty lady yeah yeah lady, lady Liberty, lady, Liberty. Yeah. it's mostly just those two and then the villains like there's this villain whose name is Miss Lint and she's got like electric powers mm-hmm. that are based on like static yeah so like lint just like attracts itself to her so throughout the show like for the first all six episodes like she's constantly like just like brushing fucking like <laughs> fuzz and dust off herself yeah. nice and everyone treats her like garbage because of it but she's also supremely powerful nice uh jackie earl haley plays this character called the terror who's like the main villain and he is fantastic yeah. he's really good right on yeah, if you want a freakazoid, what you actually want is um, Michael Allard's The Madman. Yeah, the Madman. Yeah, yeah. Madman. Because uh, basically, freakazoid originally it's started Madman out, for kids. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, freakazoid started out as a Bruce Tim Paul Dini collaboration. They're the two that did the Batman animated series, and they were going to do basically. I can't remember the name that they had given to it, but they were basically going to make him a very like twisted, almost Joker-esque character, but also with some self-awareness, and then they gave it to this producer team who were like, oh, dude, what if you just took out all the bullshit dark angst and just made it a straight-up comedy? Um, And it was golden. It was great. It's so good. I love Freakazoid. The only other one I would mention, of course, though, growing up in the 90s, is Max. The Max. The Max. The Max. Yeah. Part of uh, MTV's Liquid Television. That was, uh, oh, Sam Keith. Yeah. Yeah. Who did the art for the first arc of Neil Gaiman's Sandman. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. Oh, yeah. The Max That's quite the pedigree, The Max. Yeah, man. I love The Max followed by The Head. Yeah. (laughs) The Head. MTV's Liquid Television was the shit back in the day, man. so good. Stick figure theater. Eon Flux. I was about to say, that was back when they did Eon Flux, right? Yeah. Yeah, The really weird Eon Flux. The, like, weird heavy metal like the mag like heavy metal the magazine where everything is slightly too sexualized <laughs> super too yeah. sexualized yeah <laughs> all right and everyone's like their legs are like eight feet long and then their yeah. torsos are like a foot and a half sure and like at some point every single character will unzip their own flesh yeah, yeah. right <laughs> yeah it was a mix of like it's a mix of like Cronenberg and yeah, yeah like yeah. Kirby you know yeah. uh, what I would like to point out about heavy metal is in the movie heavy metal with all these great heavy metal songs there's also a Donald Fagan solo cut <laughs> Jesus that's so like I out of there's like fucking Sammy Hagar doing the song heavy metal and then at some point Donald Fagan of Steely Dan is like jazz 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 <laughs> in the middle of your I'm John Candy and I'm voicing a barbarian movie oh, <laughs> fucking John Candy was a treasure yeah. he fucking was I, I'll tell you brief because we really have to move on. This is not even a mini <laughs> Um Very briefly. Uh, very so briefly. back in the early 90s, my mom was downtown in Chicago for like some training thing for some bank she worked for. And she ran into John Candy in an elevator. Wow. Man. And just like it was just her and John Candy in this elevator. And she was just like, hey, like, I'm... The Polka King? Yeah, she's yeah. like... My, my mom, like, grew up, like, watching, like, SCTV. And oh, yeah. Huge SCTV fan and, like, loved John Candy. And she's like, you know, my, my son loves your laugh. Can you, can you laugh for me? And, like, he did that 
<laughs> that John Candy yeah. chuckle. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, that John Candy chuckle. And like, that was it. And then like, he got off of the next floor. My mom kept going. And like, just that brief, like didn't take a picture, didn't ask for an autograph. She's like, I just want to hear you laugh. Yeah, nice. I'm sure John Candy was very pleased to do that. Probably, man. John Candy seemed like he was a cool dude. Right. Also, like every fucking movie he shows up in, he's fucking golden. Some of the movies he's in, garbage. Yes. <laughs> but every Wagon time. Wagon's Yeah. He's golden. Canadian. Oh, no, no sorry. Wagon's East is. Wagon's East Farley. is actually pretty good. That's, but that's Chris Farley. No, no. That's, no, that's John that's... Candy. That's the movie he died making. It's yeah. also Richard uh, Lewis. Oh, right, right, right. I'm thinking of uh, the Lewis and Clark movie with uh, 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 Matthew Perry and Chris Farley. Yes. Yeah. 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 yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Almost uh, Heroes. Almost Heroes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah right, right. Yeah, no, right. Wagons East is actually pretty good. Yes. Wagons East is about Richard Lewis deciding in his very New York way that the West is too hard for him and Correct. he wants to go back home. Yes. And it's uh, a great film. I own that film. Ooh, nice. Yeah. Uh, all right, anyways, back anyway, to anyway, what we're anyway. talking about tonight. Mark. Oh, I already did my comic book pitches. We're doing honorable mentions. <laughs> honorable mentions, honorable mentions. So my honorable mention would go towards, uh, it's probably a tie. Uh, it would either be Matt Fraction and Chip Zdarsky's uh, Sex Criminals, which is a fantastic mm. series about a woman who, when she orgasms, she stops time and can just do whatever. Nice. And she meets a dude who has the same ability. Oh, wow. And then they promptly decide to, to rob, rob a bank. bank. Yeah, no, obviously. Uh, and then like it leads to there's like a whole sex police of people who also have similar abilities. It's fantastic. Nice. Uh, I would recommend checking it out. I think they sold the rights for a TV show a while ago. I don't know if there's any uh, updates on it. Yeah. But uh, Matt Fraction is one of the best writers in comic book uh, that's working right now. His uh, Hawkeye series uh, is amazing. Pizza Dog. If I could, if I could get a Hawkeye and Kate Bishop and Pizza Dog like movie <laughs> or series, I'd be happy. She, I mean, even his Iron Man run—they've pilfered a lot of that stuff, like right. the Extremis armor from Iron right. Man Three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like a lot of that stuff came from Matt Fraction. Well, like Matt Fraction's run on fucking Fantastic Four Future Foundation with. Leading into Jonathan Hickman was yeah. amazing, and his fucking Iron Fist, his like 2006, like his big Marvel yeah. debut, his Iron Fist run is amazing. It's so good because that's where you lead into the fucking other capital cities of heaven and yeah. like the tournament, and you get fucking like uh, what was it like uh, Fat Spider or uh, Queen of Spiders and like uh, Fat uh, I can't remember yeah. all sorts. It's of all shit. the stuff that the Marvel TV series was too embarrassed to put in. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, but my other tie would be uh, uh, Brian K. Vaughn and Fiona Staples' saga. Oh, God, yes. Which is, hands down, to me, one of the greatest science fiction stories told in the 21st century. Uh, it's an ongoing series right now. They've got... Uh, They're wrapping it up soon. Yes, yeah. they got seven... There's seven trades out for it now. The eighth is coming out soon. I think they're wrapping it up in the next couple, like, maybe year or yeah. so. Um, it is an amazing, like, mix of... Like fairy tale and science fiction and romance and just fucking and <laughs> and space opera. Yeah, and space opera and abject violence yes. and everything. It's kind of like in a midway point between like the weird Mobius Euro sci-fi comics and right. Dune. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice. It's okay. it's an amazing series. Um they've and like it was written specifically to never be adapted into a film. 
Yeah. Because it's so crazy and so insane. Yeah. You could never do it You could just couldn't do it. Nice. Right. Right on. Like, there's literally, like, one of the things they meet is a planet that is a fucking giant baby that explodes and turns into a black hole. Yeah. And on that planet, before it hatches, it's an egg, and on that planet, it's just a giant with a huge dick and fucking balls that are (laughs) diseased and gross and dripping. And its name is like Farg or whatever. It's fantastic. Like one of the main characters is the prince of this alien species that are all humanoid but with television heads. Yeah, it's the robot kingdom and they're all those humanoids with the fucking TV heads. It's so good. And they can turn their hands into guns and like that character specifically is hyper focused on sex and almost every time he shows up there's like a fucking orgy that shows up on the page. It's amazing. It's ah, I wish I would have made this my number one choice because Saga is so so good. good. The only reason I didn't make it my number one choice is because it was made specifically not to be turned into a movie because no studio in their mind (laughs) would be like, yeah, let's just throw a couple hundred million dollars at this. (laughs) Let's throw some dicks up there. Because it would be like Caligula but updated nice, for now. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, like straight yeah. up fucking porn <laughs> and shooting people. Nice. Yeah. With a very sweet love story in the middle. Oh, well, fantastic. Uh, yeah, it's really good. Like all um, good porns. Well, that does it for our uh, uh, comic book movie pitches mini-sode. We'll be back next week to talk about oh, Justice League, Much to our dismay. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> Much to our chagrin. Uh, I am Mark Rosenbaum. I am Patrick Brown. I am John Rooney. Excelsior, true believers! Guy Stan Lee just showed up. That's nice. so awesome. Good for him. We'll see you next time. Goodbye. Goodbye. Body Counts and Beer is Patrick Bromley, John Rooney, and Mark Rosendahl. Please subscribe to us on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google, pretty much anywhere fine podcasts are purveyed. And please leave us a rating or review. You can like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter at BodyCountCast, or email us at BodyCountsAndBeer at gmail.com.